and welcome to Very Amusing, your one-stop shop for the stories, secrets, and shenanigans of a popcorn-fueled theme park journalist. I'm Carly Wiesel, and I am fresh off of a Thanksgiving week break. It was wonderful. I had a long weekend with my family. My parents came in town. I got to do a lot. I got to see a couple of friends. I took Pearl to the zoo for the first time, and I realized I... I like zoos, and I think I like zoos because they remind me of Animal Kingdom. You know, <laughs> you know, sometimes things in your hometown or in your visiting places remind you a little of a theme park, like an old timey ice cream parlor or anything of that sort. I mean, I'm only thinking of a zoo and an ice cream parlor, but it just reminds you a little of like the magic of being in a theme park. And I think that's why I like going to the zoo so much because it feels a little bit like Disney's Animal Kingdom. Uh, we had a nice time. Pearl saw an elephant and a giraffe up close. She seemed a little freaked out, but enjoyed it. Like she was just silent and stoic and staring. But um, the giraffes at the LA Zoo are really, are really great. The Where they're set up is really nice. So I got to see them and it was great. Oh, and it was my mom's birthday. Um, thank you to everyone who gave her wonderful birthday wishes. And as I've posted on Instagram, you probably know by now, Yes, my mother accosted the actor Owen Wilson at dinner. It is true. Um, <laughs> Star of Loki, one of my all-time favorite TV shows. We, long story short, we went to a restaurant. I will not sully the restaurant's name in this, but we went to a restaurant that you don't really expect celebrities to be at. It's kind of like an east side LA type of spot. And we were waiting for our table outside of a big glass wall, like a big window wall. And I saw someone in a gigantic hat sitting at the bar. And immediately I knew, I just, I was like, that's the hundred percent Owen Wilson. And so I told my mom and then uh, a minute or two later, she goes, will you come to the bathroom with me? And I said, absolutely not. Because I knew what was about to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and she got up and she walked her little legs inside. She told him it was her birthday and she would love a birthday selfie with him. He was very kind about it. They took a photo together. And then on the way out, she loves to add this part into the story because it is very funny. Uh, she put her hand on his arm to say thank you. And she goes, ooh, working out. And he laughed at that. So my mom made Owen Wilson giggle. And that is a better birthday gift than anything I could have gotten her. That's really the highlight of my past week, except for, I don't know, I've had had a lot, like maybe a few too many iced lattes, but that's, that's a normal week on my end. Anyway, I think that's it. We are rounding the corner into December and you know what that means, but this podcast is on the November end of things. So we're just going to keep on with regular theme park stuff. I'm very excited to talk about Hong Kong Disneyland today. I'm very excited to hang out virtually with my friend and colleague, Valerie Marino. So I won't waste any more time. I hope you got everything you wanted on Cyber Monday and Black Friday and the week-long sales that have been happening and weren't as stressed as I was to make sure you have everything you need for the next six months at a discount. Because I'm telling you, if I have to buy anything starting basically now until January 20th, I'm going to be really annoyed because I'm going to be overpaying and everything is on sale. It's just very stressful. Uh, but I've got skincare. I got pearl stuff. I got um, an under eye serum that I really wanted that I'm going to see how it works. I got, I almost bought clothes for myself, but it was too stressful. Um, I got pearl little snowsuit. It's fun. It's fun. I got some stuff. Did I treat myself to anything? Anything indulgent? No, no just house stuff. But hey, saving money is always a win. I hope you got everything you hoped for and stick around because after this break, we'll be back with more new theme park stuff. Okay, bye. Welcome back. We are so fortunate this week because Valerie Marino, a fellow journalist and theme park expert, was part of a select group invited to experience Hong Kong Disneyland's new World of Frozen themed land and came here to Very Amusing to gab with me about every single thing she saw on her recent trip. You've probably seen some photos or videos of the land floating around since it opened last week. Truly, from my point of view, it looks so extremely fun, but there were still so many questions I had that I couldn't wait to get answers for from Valerie herself, and she fulfilled all of that and more. Odds are some or most of you have been to Epcot's Norway Pavilion and seen their Frozen experiences there, including the Anna and Elsa meet and greet and Frozen Ever After, the boat ride which served as a reimagining of former attraction Maelstrom. But what we learned from Valerie is that the new world of Frozen land in Hong Kong has so much more in it. More rides, more walk-around characters, more unexpected delights, including aspects of the land you're probably not going to see on social media. Like, like how beautiful it looks during one certain time of day, or the wild new meet and greet turn show performance thing that is unlike anything else and sounds so cool. 
Two small asides. In this interview, we mention Snogies, which if you've seen Elsa sing Let It Go a bunch of times and have no idea what we're talking about, don't worry. These are basically cutie pie little baby snowmen who first appeared in the short Frozen Fever but have been around. And if you've been on Frozen Ever After, they are those small little sweeties surrounding Marshmallow, the big snow monster, towards the end of the attraction. Secondly, we talk about dim sum because Hong Kong Disneyland is famous for having character-themed dim sum at one of their hotels. It is adorable. If you've ever seen a photo of it online, you know what I'm talking about. But when we randomly start talking about Donald dim sum, (laughs) that is what we mean. I hope you enjoyed this interview. I hope you enjoyed this little audio trip to Hong Kong. And with that, I'll turn it over to Valerie. Valerie, welcome back to Very Amusing. Hello, I am so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, please. It's my pleasure, especially (laughs) because you are wearing what I would say is the most on-brand item you could possibly wear to appear on Very Amusing, a Hong Kong Disneyland sweatshirt. I'm going to describe it to people. And in the middle is Duffy waving back at me. Is that tippy blue in the corner or just a regular seagull? Oh, now you're going to ask me about like the auxiliary Duffy characters? I'm Surprise! This is all about Duffy. <laughs> it's a quiz. <laughs> Frozen? Doesn't matter. We're here nope. to talk about Duffy. It's Oh, I made a lot of notes about Duffy. <laughs> oh, good, because I'm going to have a lot of questions, which we will get into. But the purpose of this episode is to talk about World of Frozen at Hong Kong Disneyland because you just got back from its grand opening. I did. Happy hum- happy uh, Summer Snow Day, everybody. It's very happy exciting. Happy Summer Snow Day. I have some questions about Hong Kong Disneyland itself, but I think I just want to get right <laughs> right to Frozen because there is uh, a Frozen poster behind you that is staring back at me. <laughs> so there you want is, to talk about yes. <laughs> <laughs> but having been to, you know, Frozen experiences in Epcot, what was it like to walk into World of Frozen for the first time at, coming off a plane, probably with jet lag, being yeah. in a d- different country on a different continent? Did it feel reminiscent of Epcot or did it feel completely different? You know, it really stands alone as its own thing. Um, I think they did a wonderful job. You know, there's a lot of different thoughts out there on the Internet about integrating IP into Epcot, et cetera, et cetera. I think they did a lovely job with uh, the Norway Pavilion and Frozen Ever After there. But this is Arendelle. No question about it. You walk under this bridge that um, the tra- you walk under the bridge for the train tracks you round a corner and the Friendship Fountain is right there, which is a giant gleaming snowflake fountain. Cool. And you're just there. You were in this little town. They used a lot of inspiration from like Slavic and Nordic architecture, but there's there's really no mistaking where you are. That's incredible. And I, I was looking at photos online before we chatted, which I'm sure many listeners have seen. It's just a few videos, a few things coming out, but I really can't gauge what the scale of the land is, especially because I believe there are kind of two different parts. What is what is that like? What is the size like? Do you feel it's like it's an intimate land where everything's nearby or does it really feel expansive and spread out? It really it does feel intimate. I, I kept comparing it in my mind to Toy Story Land, oh. but it's a little more open than that because Toy Story Land, you know, and there's really just the sense that there's water everywhere because as i said you walk in and there's the um the friendship fountain is right there and then you have the arendelle bay but it definitely does have like small town vibes a very a very cozy feel to it which i feel like lends itself to the theming oh absolutely yeah and they have like the cobblestone streets and the color palette of the buildings is like so it's like bright but not garish (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, And yeah, as you mentioned, there are two there are two different areas. There's the um, Arendelle town and then the Arendelle forest. Cool. But they don't feel they don't feel completely separate. There is a bridge that goes over the bay that connects the two areas. And there are different like the Arendelle forest, as you might guess, has more trees. Um, But otherwise, it really it feels very cohesive between the two. And I do believe you got to see it at nighttime, correct? Yes, that was well, exciting. Yeah, what was that like? I mean, it really turns into a different place. They have, um, you know, the fountain. The fountain lights up. There's the Ooh. ice palace off in the distance that has Ooh. 
200 um, crystals of a specific brand, as someone from Imagineering told us, uh, (laughs) that that lights up in the background. And it really just takes on a whole different different sense. We also happened to be there um, during sunset while we were waiting for the big um, unveiling ceremony, if you will, with all the executives and Anna and Elsa came out and all that. Um, And just watching the colors of the sky change behind the castle. Like it's, it was really just stunning. It was stunning. Wow. I know as, you know, as a fellow reporter, you know that it's hard to be in some of these situations where you see something that other people aren't ever going to see because it's a grand opening moment and then it goes away forever. (laughs) But I do have to ask about yours because I think, were there, were there drones involved? Oh, there was a full on drone show and it was beautiful. And it makes me so sad that they can't do that sort of thing at um, at Disney World, or at least that they haven't haven't puzzled it out yet, um, because it was it was really it was really pretty, and they had all they made all these different shapes and like the sh- like you know the little uh, diamond shape from Frozen Two, and it went into the the water knock horse, and it was wow. it was really lovely. <laughs> Oh, man, that sounds like one of those tough ones, like, you know, the Fantasyland dragon that we've talked about many times on this podcast, where it's just a moment and then poof, gone forever. Mm -hmm. In terms of the land, uh, from what I've seen coming out of the opening few days, I keep seeing people, and I think you also posted it uh, on social media, people next to uh, Mossy, Mossy, this little... Mossy. Who is Mossy? Tell us about Mossy. Who is Mossy? So Mossy is, I believe, a character that they created specifically for the land, but she is a baby troll. She is adorable. Her name is spelled M-O-S-S-I-E, because I've seen a lot of discrepancy on the internet about this. And she... It's essentially like the Grogu walkabout that they have at Galaxy's Edge. But I dare say I love her more. <gasps> more than Grogu? I'm so sorry to Grogu because you know I'm a Grogu stan. But she talks. Like she you can converse with her. Wow. Yeah, it like this is gonna be the thing that there are just gonna be hordes of people following Mossy and her friend around. Um she was so stinking cute. Did she speak in English? Mossy speaks in English, but there is Cantonese and English throughout the land. Okay, fantastic. And I I was surprised to hear that there were more walk around characters. Just that there I thought the characters would be reserved for the rides and kind of other experiences, not just not just Kristoff flopping around. <laughs> yes. So I'm so glad you said that because I think that the thing that's really the most special about this land and what gives it the level of immersion that it has is the characters. And yeah, you have Anna, you have Elsa, you have Kristoff. They're bopping around saying hi to people. Um, Oaken was a delight with his little hoo-hoo. <laughs> and he does this cute little shuffle with his feet. Um, he's fantastic. But then the sort of just everyday cast members have these really deep, I want to say Galaxy's Edge level personal stories that they have and you can just stand there and talk to them all day and they will do it i had a very in-depth conversation with one cast member i was wearing a um a shoulder snogie and i also had a snogie headbands the headband the snogies being the little snowballs that like elsa sneezes out um and he was very concerned for me that the snogies were following me around and that I was going to be too cold. <laughs> it was very sweet. <laughs> I want to talk to you about the attractions because there are two of them. But most importantly, they have a version of Frozen Ever After, which is different. What? Which is so good. <laughs> it is so good, Carly. <laughs> what makes so, it so good? So we've all ridden uh, Frozen Ever After at Epcot. Too many times? I don't know. <laughs> Correct. Um, so they really had the opportunity with this one, imag- the Imagineering team, to go back to the drawing board because they weren't inheriting a ride track. It was all from scratch. So they really had the opportunity to say, like, okay, what do we love? What do we want to amp up? They added a minute and a half to the ride. Wow. Wow. And that's a lot. That's a lot. There are more animatronics. Like I went back and I watched a YouTube video of the Epcot one. Like there are more trolls. There are more snogies. There's just more. Um, The drop. 
Yeah, what is the deal? The drop. Um, I screamed. Okay, so <laughs> it caught me off guard so bad the first time I rode, the second time I rode, and the third time I rode. No! You go, uh, and I mean, it should be obvious because you go up a ramp toward the beginning of the ride. You see Elsa's ice. As you're going to see Elsa in her ice palace, you go up. I don't know what the technical term for it is, but the boat climbs. But then by the time you get to Marshmallow and he yells, let it go, both in English and Cantonese, I should I should mention it. Like it varies depending. It's just a, it's random. <clears throat> um, it it's such a big drop. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh. so fun. It was so fun. I wanted to do it. I if they would have let me just circle around that ride, I would have. But it's not just that. It, like yes, the drop is a lot of fun, but the quality of the audio animatronics is like honestly next level. And I think if you've been around the theme park space for a long time, or for what ten ten ish years, so when Ariel's Undersea Adventure first opened, I remember there being a lot of talk around the Ariel and the Ursula on that attraction. Anna and Elsa just make them look like old. <laughs> oh my They're, god! I, like, they it like I'm I'm at a loss for words at how how believable these animatronics were. They do not have the projected faces that we first saw on Seven Dwarfs Mine Train and that we have in Frozen Ever After at Epcot. They're just these like such smooth moving realistic people and Olaf too like oh he's he's just Olaf wow I I mean I was thinking about how the princesses were different and watching some videos of it online but I didn't register that Olaf would even move differently yeah and even Sven too like he's there with his little tongue stuck to the (laughs) stuck frozen to the post and it's just like oh you want to go help him out it's like poor buddy oh my god so uh (laughs) Are you able to just walk us through kind of what the version of this ride is? Are the rooms the same? Uh, is the layout of the ride the same? Is it where is that length yeah. being attributed to? The layout is essentially the same. It's just there's more. And I mean, there's a little bit extended areas between some of the rooms. Like there's one after you leave Elsa's Ice Palace. I believe that section's a little longer and there's a little snogi that pops up and talks to you briefly. Um, after you pass pap- Pappy Troll, pap- Papa, <laughs> Pappy, Grandpa Troll, toward the beginning, and he's sort of telling the story, there's another little baby troll that pops up and is like, you're going to see Elsa, yay! Fun, I love that. <laughs> yes, Encourage me on my journey to the ice palace. <laughs> <laughs> Amp me up for that drop. And, um, and then in addition to that, just some of the special effects that they have throughout the ride, like there's this beautiful... Um, Northern Lights effect that they have above Marshmallow and all the snogies. Like, there are no uh, plain black (laughs) walls and such in this attraction. They just really, like, tricked out the whole thing. And is there any moment that stands out to you as the highlight of the ride? You know, the, that whole, so after Elsa push it, well, aside from the drop, um, and then actually after the drop, you drop down and pass by the, the ice castle. This is right, or not the ice castle, the, the regular castle, the Arendelle castle, right before you leave. That's very beautiful and all the effects there. But the, um, the hallway after Elsa pushes you backwards out of the ice palace and all of the effects there, it's very similar to the Epcot version of the attraction but it was just so beautiful and just really really pulls you into the whole thing anyone who's uttered the words genie plus knows firsthand that vacations require time money planning energy and if you put all that effort into enjoying your trip already why not extend the highlights of that getaway into your everyday with FrameBridge? Put that vintage Epcot ticket up in your office and give it a little personality. Surprise your kid with their favorite character's autograph immortalized on the wall of their room. 
FrameBridge makes it so easy and affordable to custom frame any photo, park map, or even cocktail napkin from a theme park hotel bar in just minutes. You can mock up exactly what it'll look like on their website before you even spend a dime. Things ship fast and they ship for free, and their colorful custom framing means they'll not only help you plan your gallery wall, but make sure your place looks cooler than the interiors of that mid-century modern home within Spaceship Earth. I love the mementos I framed with FrameBridge so much that I rearranged my entire office so I can enjoy them daily. This is not a bit. This is this is true life. They're the backdrop to my podcast Zoom interviews, my Instagram stories, and even the goofy photos we take of Pearl tip-tapping away at my keyboard like she's a miniature employee. Too often, our favorite memories of a vacation are tucked inside our phone or shoved within a drawer. And it thrills me to no end that because of FrameBridge, I can finally be surrounded by my memories. FrameBridge makes custom framing easy, affordable, and enjoyable. And on top of that, their happiness guarantee ensures that no matter what, you'll wind up with something you love. To get started, head to FrameBridge.com, because your precious travel memories shouldn't have to stay in the past. That's FrameBridge.com. Now, there is a second attraction in this land. It is, there is. Is Wandering Oaken Sliding Sleighs? Is that? That's correct. That. And so that is more of a junior coaster. It's fine. <laughs> it's Ooh. very short. It is so short. Like it's, I liked it, but it's really hard for my first impression of it to not be how short it was because you do two little loops and then you were out of there. Wow. But the theming of it is really lovely. So you start by going through um, Oaken's trading post and then you go past his sauna <laughs> where he pops up. There's like different Okens that pop up, some in Cantonese, some in English. Cool. Um, where he talks to you through the foggy window of his sauna. <laughs> and then as you board the ride, I think they, oh, then you go past where like the reindeer sleep. And then there's also, because the, the story behind this ride is that Oaken himself designed it, which is a lot of trust being put in the man. But he did a good job. Um, so then in the queue, yeah, I have, don't think coaster is really one of his. It fits in his skill set, but but okay. <laughs> you know, I was actually thinking, like, if you've watched Imagineering Story and that kind of thing, like the things that Walt Disney trusted people to do who had never designed coasters before, it honestly seems kind of fitting. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And much like the Matterhorn, you know, he pulled it off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. I should have more faith in Oaken. You're right. Exactly. You're right. Yeah. But you can see some of his sketches and his designs in the queue. It's very cute. And then there is an animatronic of... <laughs> so the, this this coaster is powered by um, Olaf and Sven. So Olaf <laughs> is like riding Sven and he has his carrot nose on this little uh, fishing pole dangling in front of Sven to keep him going on this treadmill to power to power the lift on the on the. Oh, ride. that's so cute. It's very cute. Wow. Would lengthwise, because that is kind of the narrative that I've been getting out of the land um, mm -hmm. from people who have visited. Would you compare it to something like Flight of the Hippogriff at Universal on both coasts? Yeah, that's probably the closest comparison. Though okay. the one the one very positive thing I'll say about it, I people have compared it a lot to Mine Train in terms of the ride vehicle. So it doesn't have that um that swing to it. Okay. But I found the ride vehicle itself to be much more comfortable than um than mine train it is the sort of individual seat that has that bump up between yes. your legs and then the individual <laughs> lap bar but i didn't anyone who is not a theme park person who's listening to this because we have some people who don't go to theme parks who listen to this podcast uh they're probably like what on earth are you talking about? it's a molded seat if you yeah will. but like we know we know the little thing between your legs individual yeah. lap bar i got it i know exactly what you're talking about which can be really uncomfortable on some attractions but they did a good job with this one I know we discussed characters throughout the land, but can you talk to me about Playhouse in the Woods? Because yes. what is going on in there? It seems incredible. I had no idea what to expect from this because they call it, like some people call it sort of a character meet and greet, but it's in a quote unquote theater. So Anna comes out, Olaf pops up on the stage and Olaf is speaking Cantonese, but the way they have it scripted, 
Anna sort of replies to him in a way that you get the gist of whatever it was that Olaf just says. Thank you. <laughs> to those of us who have no idea of the language. Um, so they come out uh, and then Elsa comes out and then they sort of mingle with the guests. They come down off the stage and then there are different um, statues representing each of the spirits like air, water, earth around the room and they ask Anna and Elsa ask each of the guests to go and stand next to the spirit that they most identify with. So it's sort of like a personal discovery sort of thing. And then there's a lot of, so there's a lot of great interaction that you can have with the characters there. I mean, you can really have a whole conversation with Anna and Elsa during, during this thing. Oh my God. yeah, and then they and then Elsa will ask you to help activate the spirits with all these little hand movements and using ice magic and it's very it's a really cute experience. Wow. I love that they're cuz I assume they're on a stage at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then they come down into the audience um the reverse Yeah, I was not of, expecting that. Yeah. That is reminiscent of course of the beginning of cats the musical if you've ever seen it on stage uh so naturally i am all in uh but that sounds so cool instead of just walking up and taking your little princess photo and them commenting on a button on your shirt like it's really cool to be able to experience them in their world like that exactly yeah and i mean if you are like me and you're not exactly a face character person they make me very nervous this is a really good way to still be able to interact with them because you know, there's a script. It's not like you're just going up and like asking Anna, like, oh, I really like your dress. Like <laughs> there's a topic of conversation there to follow. Yes. Were people trying to get traditional meet and greet photos with them when you were there? I know it was a media preview. I'm just curious. No, it was it was very much like Anna and Elsa were they were driving the show. OK, cool. Yeah. God, that is. Oh, that sounds so that sounds so fun. And then um, it snows. It snows during the show? It snows, yeah. Does it snow in the land at all? Not that I experienced, no. Okay. Um, we we have to talk about an aspect of the land that I presume no other theme park outlet is as deeply focused on as I am, which is that there is a blue chocolate fountain? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Tell me everything. Okay. So the main, there's one primary restaurant or sit-down restaurant at the land, or I guess it's a casual, anyway. Like Um, a quick service style? Yes, thank you. There's a quick service restaurant in the land. And so they did not have it available while we were there, but there is a blue chocolate fondue, which is, of course, one of the lyrics from the song in the movie Frozen. So they have a chocolate fondue that you can have with little cake and fruit to dip into it. And um, when you go, and then when you go into Northern Delights, which is the sweet shop, they that's where they have the, you know, the dipped apples. And they also have the um, the Coronation Sunday, which is like a blue, there were so many blue foods, Carly. I kept making <laughs> mental notes about how this might actually be like not a good place for you. But <laughs> my bad place. Um, but here's what I'm going to tell you, because from what you sent me and from what I've seen, I think light pale blue mm. is a little more appetizing than like a deep blue. And it is that very icy sort of Carolina blue. Um, yeah, it looks good. The food looks good. And I'm saying that as someone who does not eat blue food. Yeah. No, everything I had was really delicious. One of the coolest things that I've heard about coming out of this land is that there is hairstyling. Yes. What? So one of the things that you can buy in the gift shop and at another little stand in the land, they have hair bows and then the, or they have hair ribbons. And then they also have a very cute little uh, green and brown hair bow that has the sun, the sunflower snowflake on it which is like the emblem of the land combining the summer and the snow for the summer snow day oh that's so cute and you can you can have your hairstyle they have a couple of different i think they have four different options that you can have your hair done with the ribbon and then there are a couple more that you can have with the um with the little 
flower bow and the pricing i can't remember off the top of my head what the pricing was and if i did it would be in hong kong dollars which is i don't even know what the exchange rate but it did not seem like it was absurdly priced and so i got to have my hair done as part <gasps> of you the did? media event she did like this little updo with the <gasps> ribbon going through it oh and, my god yeah, it was really cute did it feel like uh like you were going to a wedding in a good way you know, I had not had my hair done since my own wedding. <laughs> so, yes. So that was definitely a thought I had. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I I know that we have, because they have face paint there, too, I assume. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we have stuff like that in our parks in America, but we don't, we don't have anything like this, right? I think it's no. just, it, there's got to be some sort of hair wrap situation that I'm not privy to at, like... Yacht or beach club, but right, yeah, I think there's those little hair braiding, hair wrap things like, at a few places. But I'm not gonna lie, like this is I, better. <laughs> I would pay a lot of money. <laughs> Notice this Disney Parks in America. I would pay so <laughs> much money to have like a little ribbon done, to have like a cute little hairstyle done in the park. But if someone could braid my hair for me after waking oh, yeah. up at six fifty five to book a genie plus, <laughs> I would love that. Someone just whip out. I just need someone to whip out a Dyson air wrap and just charge me sixty dollars cash to make me look like a normal human in Florida weather. Oh, one of the little <laughs> hair tools they had to do these styles were topsy turvies, and I was no! like, yes. <laughs> If you don't know what that is, uh, you don't need as much retinoid as I do. <laughs> wow. Cool. Yeah, that was, a, that was a throwback in a really good way. Oh, my gosh. So besides, besides the hairdo, mm-hmm. what merchandise did you come home with? I came home with a really cute, like, oversized cardigan that has some of the floral print. I believe it was probably maybe Anna inspired, but... Also, maybe just like sort of Nordic-ish. I got a, what did I get? I got a little magnet with some snogies on it. I mean, I was also gifted some merchandise as part of the event. So I had the the shoulder snogie, the snogie headband. One of the things that I really loved about the merchandise. And so I'm a, I'm a knitter and a crafter. So I can be a little more picky about these things because a part of me is like, Mm, could I make that myself? Wow, what a skill. Also, but also just like I have a, maybe a different eye toward the quality of things. I really felt like the quality of the knitwear there was was good. Um, and the wow. pricing was not as much as I would have expected it to be. I believe the sweater that I got was around $50 US. Wow. For a full-on knit like oversized grandpa cardigan with color work on it. But the the knit inspired or the knit theming really went beyond the clothing and went into some of the merchandise, like the the snogie headband. They were like little knit snogies. You could get a very hand knit looking Olaf, like the just the homemade inspired craftsmanship that really fit into the Arendelle town theming was really nice. Wow. And is there anything about this new area, this world of Frozen that we haven't discussed that you want to mention? Um, so the one thing, one thing that I really, really liked, and this is sort of relates to Hong Kong Disneyland overall, but in particular with, <clears throat> with World of Frozen, is they really integrated the natural landscape into the land. So if you think back to before they redid the castle, the classic shot of Hong Kong Disneyland was always, you know, Sleeping Beauty Castle and then the mountains in the back for Lantau Island, which isn't something that you really see at Disney parks typically. And those same mountains, because of the way the park is oriented, those same mountains are behind the castle in Arendelle and World of Frozen. So what Imagineering told us was that they actually designed the the North Mountain and the mountain that is part of the sliding sliding sleighs coaster into a V shape so that the lower peak of that V lines up with the Lantau Island mountains to let them really take, take focus there. And unless you're looking for it, your brain just sort of doesn't realize where the man-made mountains end and where the natural ones begin. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, to see, to see that in a Disney park where, and you still, you still don't feel like you're 
in Hong Kong or in Disneyland, even when you're in World of Frozen, you feel like you're in Arendelle, but you're still able to appreciate the natural landscape around you. And I think that was really beautiful. Cool. Yeah. Wow. Uh, that sounds incredible. Wow. Imagineering really is good at what they do. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> So as it was your first trip to Hong Kong Disneyland, tell me about your takeaways. What did you love? What was different? Um, did you encounter anything shocking or funny or strange? I want to know everything. <laughs> so I really did feel like I was in a little bit of an alternate universe when I got there because it's I mean, you've you've been to Hong Kong Disneyland before. It's it's very similar to Disneyland in Anaheim. But it's just different enough that you almost have this like weird feeling of deja vu. <laughs> like I've yes. been here before, but I really have not. Um, I the the lands I felt like the the two the two things that were on my list that I was like I need to do this: Mystic Manor and Biz Big Grizzly Mountain Runaway Mine Cars, which is a mouthful of a name for an attraction. So I kept calling it fake Big Thunder all week. I am so sorry. <laughs> but not having been there before, those are the two things that I felt like were super different. And they were both fantastic. Did not let me down at all. Wow. Even going on Mystic Manor, which is uh, famously a trackless ride. Now that we have so much trackless technology back home, you, it's still hit for you. It really did. And I think that is due to Albert, who is the little the little animatronic monkey <laughs> on the ride. At anytime anyone I was still over there, anytime anyone asked me, like, what did you think of of Mystic Manor? My response was just I would take a bullet for Albert. <laughs> he was so cute. <laughs> and the soundtrack for the ride, which was scored and I think performed by Danny Elfman, is a bop. Um, it was stuck in my head all day when I, when I wasn't waking up with frozen songs going through my head, which of course, absolutely of course. also happened. Of course. But yeah, I mean, it's not for that ride. I think it's not just the fact that it's trackless. It's just a really interesting story and really easy to follow. And just the, the way that the ride was designed and everything around you, I thought was really cool. Wow. And what did you think of fake Big Thunder? Because there's no fake. way I can ever remember that name. <laughs> Big Grizzly Mountain Runaway Mine Cars, which is basically Big Thunder with Bears, um, was so good. It like I felt like it was sort of like Big Thunder meets Everest, except unlike Everest, it didn't make me feel a little stick sick to my stomach because it does go backwards for a good bit of the ride. Um, there's I think there are like I'm going to get this wrong. So there but I feel like there were three launches because there's like the initial launch, then there's when you go backwards and there's, but anyway, there are bare animatronics all over the attraction causing chaos. And it was delightful. I was also really glad that I had watched, I just happened to watch the episode of Behind the Attraction that was about Big Thunder the week before we went. So I caught some of the Easter eggs with like Chinese numerology with the numbers four and eight on the tracks, like which track you go down being like good luck or bad luck. And that was really cool too to see. Oh my God, amazing. And I don't, I don't want to push things towards Duffy, but I got to know every single Duffy experience you had, what it was like, what the crowds was like, uh, who you got to hug, what it was like. Tell me everything. Okay. So <clears throat> I didn't have the most authentic experience because I was there for a media event. Yeah. They did, and they are popular there. And they're very popular. So actually, the very first thing we did as a group when we entered the park the very first time, we did not go to World of Frozen. We went to go meet Lena Bell. <laughs> yeah, Lena Bell Legacy. What up? <laughs> so while I was there, I got to meet Lena Bell. I got and I got to meet Olumel. And I met both I, of that them. silence was not intentional. I was just breathing. <laughs> <laughs> he says hello. Oh, Olumel. He is he cute. Played a little he song is cute. for me. <laughs> he wait, he did? Well, I mean with his air ukulele. <gasps> yeah. Oh my god, I didn't know he does that. Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, well, I see you. But yeah, the um so the Duffy and Friends Playhouse, which is where most of the Duffy characters meet, was so cute. So you go through and there's one part of it that's a queue, but then there's another whole section where there are basically a bunch of photo ops where you can um there's like Gelatoni's painting area set up. <gasps> there's a little 
there are little chairs. There's like a little kitchen area, which I assume is for Cookie Ann and all her delicacies that she's whipping up. Um, it was just so sweet. And yes, everyone there is super into Duffy. In fact, when I went into the city, I um, I put my little gelatoni keychain on my purse when I went into Hong Kong. So I was like, show that I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see a lot of people wearing Duffy stuff when you were in the city? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Same. That was the my thing experience that, also, yeah. Yeah. The thing that I thought was the coolest, though, was there is... So currently for the season, there is a space... What's it called? There's the Duffy and Friends Playhouse, which is where Duffy and his friends meet. But then there's also Duffy and Friends Winter Wonderland, which they have rethemed Fantasy Gardens, which Fantasy Gardens is essentially a character meet and greet area that has these different gazebos and pavilions where characters meet typically. But they have changed it for the winter season to a walkthrough, <gasps> essentially for you to take cute little holiday photos with your Duffy and other <gasps> friends stuffed animals oh man yeah it was adorable oh what a dream before we go tell me about your hotel and what it was like to stay there yeah so i stayed at disney explorers lodge which if you picture animal kingdom lodge and alani and if they had a baby yes correct. that's what you get <laughs> yep <laughs> <laughs> yep. If, if anyone listening googles a photo of it right now you will see exactly what valerie just described yeah. I really enjoyed it. It's the whole the whole resort area, all of the hotels, they back up to Discovery Bay, which is this waterfront area in Hong Kong. And um, there's a promenade where you can go to take photos or just relax. But the whole the, but the hotel itself was really wonderfully themed to um, Asia and Africa, just sort of in different areas. But there are several outdoor gardens to enjoy and walk around. I just found the whole place to be very serene and relaxing, which is nice when you're there and a little bit jet lagged and on a weird sleep schedule. So you can get up and take a little stroll in the morning. Um, But the room itself was really great, too. Um, My room happened to have this little window seat area, which I used in the mornings to like drink my coffee and yeah just so all the listeners know carly is like gaping like jaw dropped right i mean this is like what people describe their dream apartment as yeah yeah also a Um, serene visit to somewhere on the other side of the world exactly it has to be beautiful if it's that (laughs) that chilled out wow yeah i have no memory of any of this serenity. <laughs> I think I was just sprinting straight to the parks as often as possible. Like a exactly. Freak. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, is there anything else about your visit to Hong Kong Disneyland that we have? I feel like we've touched on everything. Oh, what I mean, was, do we need- what was the best thing you ate? I was just going to say, do we need to talk about the dim sum? I think we have to talk about the dim sum. <laughs> Who did you eat? Oh boy. I ate Donald. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Was Donald? Oh, I can't remember. Was Donald chicken? I it was some kind of meat. I'm not going to be able to remember, but I did eat Donald. I also ate. Hmm, I had two of them. I'm not going to be able to remember which, but they were they were good. Like it's not one of those things that it's just cute, and then the food is kind of fine. Yeah. So I had breakfast at the Chart Room Cafe. At the Explorers, at the Disney Explorers Lodge, and I got the um, the traditional Chinese breakfast, which Ooh. came with kanji. Oh, I love kanji. <laughs> you were my original kanji influencer. Yeah, um, but it, I mean, it had like kanji. billions and billions of people over time. Um, I just, <laughs> I just love. Listen, I love rice. Just love rice. <laughs> so it came with that. It came with a pork shumai, some shrimp dumplings, and then two little custard buns that looked like pigs. Oh my god. They were so sweet, but it was it was good. It was good. Like oh. for for quick service dumplings at a walk-up restaurant, it was just as good as dumplings that I've had at home. And I think the entire thing was about twenty dollars US and it came with a coffee or tea also. And yeah, I was quite uh. pleased. America really uh I, I I don't love their version of a savory breakfast. You know, yeah. would love, would love yeah. a dumpling, love a, love a fish at breakfast time, love a rice. <laughs> and you only re- at those resorts, they have it everywhere. And it's so yeah. nice. 
no, they had some really great options there. Oh my God. Well, thank you so much for sharing your trip with us. It's so exciting. I, I'm so glad you got to go and see World of Frozen before anyone else. I know, me too. <laughs> thank you for telling us about it. Thank you so much. Hey, Carly. Love the show. Um, we just got off the wonder. We went from Honolulu to Sydney, Australia, and my daughter got her first Duffy. So then, of course, we went down a rabbit hole. I listened to your Tokyo Disney episode, and we've just been, like, all in reading, watching Duffy stuff. So here's my question. Where do I find stuff to give her as a gift since we won't be going to Tokyo or Shanghai or any of those places anytime soon? Um, by the way, this is Patty calling from Nashville, and I look forward to hearing an answer to your question. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Come on. I couldn't not play the Duffy call during this Hong Kong Disneyland episode. <laughs> that said, your cruise sounded excellent. Oh, my gosh. I am so glad your daughter is now all aboard the Duffy train. We have another member in our crew who loves Duffy and friends. And while I like basically resisted turning this episode into a full-blown Duffy-a-thon, I cannot hold back, and I am here to solve your problem, to answer your question. Now, before I tell you my number one Duffy spot, I want to mention that there is a lot of seemingly counterfeit Duffy merchandise out there on the Ebays, kind of on the Amazons, I believe, just floating all around town. I've actually I've actually stumbled upon it accidentally looking for other kind of baby stuff or gifts or things like that, or maybe shopping for Duffy stuff myself, whatever, whatever. But I only shop in one place because they are reputable. Their stuff is 100% authentic. Uh, and it is called U.S. Shopping SOS. I think I included the right amount of S's in there. U.S. Shopping SOS. I will put a link in the show notes. So basically, they are a third-party resale site. They sell from all the Disney parks worldwide. Um, and they also carry Duffy and Friends merchandise from Shanghai Disneyland, Hong Kong Disneyland, and Tokyo Disney Resort. So it's really nice because they're the real deal. They have stuff from current season. They have stuff from past season, which is really nice because then you can actually find things from maybe a year or two ago that hasn't sold, but they still have in stock. But they, this is the one downfall, they are expensive. They obviously price at a premium because the stuff can be hard to get and it's hard to find and it's reflected in the price. However, um, I find that some things are priced more not effectively. I'm not sure of the word to use, but some things are priced in a way that makes more sense. Like I'm happy to overpay for a jacket more than I am for a little tchotchke I'll have in my house, but I have gotten some really excellent stuff from them. I think I've gotten, um, so I've gotten a Duffy jacket. I think I've gotten a Duffy sweater from them because I bought one when I was in person in Hong Kong and then bought another version of it online. I have these Duffy and Friends coasters that I use every day. On my, on my table in my office. Um, right now I have a iced coffee, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, a nice latte on um, a little Shelly May and then a water on a little Duffy. And I have one for every single character. Um, this Stella Lou one is particularly cute just because of the head shape. But anyway, I really, really like them. And I like that you can browse by character. So if your child sounds like they like Duffy, uh, but if they happen to be a huge Cookie Ann stan, then they'd be able to find that stuff more easily. And I don't want to admit this, but, you know, as part of research, because I am a reporter, I was on the website. I was on the website last night just looking around. And they have a Duffy plush hat now. I think it was from Shanghai Disneyland. It is one of those big poofy hats that kind of like Velcro's seeming under the chin with like a big old hat. And I saw this. I've never seen this item of merchandise before. This has come out, like, nobody in Tokyo was wearing it. Like, no one had bought it somewhere else and worn it there. It was not for sale in Tokyo. I think this is Shanghai-specific and new. And all of the I groaned so loud when I saw it <laughs> that my husband, at, like, 10 o'clock at night, asked me if I was okay from the other room. Like, that's how excited I was about this silly plush hat. I am not okay. I need to buy this hat. I will put a link in the show notes so you can see it because it is a dream. But... One thing I do want to warn you about with using U.S. Shopping SOS. Um, embarrassingly, I also learned last night that they save what you've recently looked at in the bottom of the website. They just have a little bookmark that over time, anything you've looked at will be down there. So I was reminded of the absolute sleigh of a Duffy sweater that they got from Hong Kong that I wanted maybe like eight weeks ago and completely forgot about and now has been brought back into my mind and I cannot ignore it. So if you see me wearing that... I might have to I might have to pounce on it now that I know it's there. But their website, I find to be the best and the only place that I personally shop for Duffy merchandise. You can also 
find stuff occasionally on Shop Disney. Usually it's Alani merch, it's Olumel stuff, but it can be the whole gang of Duffy and Friends. Um, and you can find that as well at the at Disney's Polynesian Village Resort at Walt Disney World in person. There's usually stuff there. There is usually stuff on the Shop Disney website. I didn't see anything when I checked for this episode, but it's, I mean, that's a crime that there's nothing there. However, there is usually something on there from Alani. Um, I haven't been in the Polynesian in a minute, but if anyone has noticed, if they don't have... Olumel stuff anymore, that would be a travesty. So please let me know ASAP. But every other time I've been there in recent memory, there has been stuff. I hope that is everything. Oh, and also, if your child now owns a Duffy, you are like a stuffed plush Duffy. You are now able to enter into the world of Duffy outfits and Duffy costumes. And that stuff I do feel comfortable buying on an eBay or a resale website like that. Because also, even if it's not official, it's it's just clothes. It's, you know, it's if it fits Duffy, if it's Duffy. So, oh my God. Uh, enjoy this journey. I, uh, I wish your child well. And congrats on being a member of the Duffy crew. Woo! that's our show thank you all so much for listening and a very special thank you to my pal valerie marino for coming on the podcast you can find valerie at valerie a marino on instagram or just click the link in the show notes because that'll be so much easier you can rate, review, and follow Very Amusing on Apple Podcasts and rate and follow us on Spotify. Apparently, most of you listen on Apple, but then a bunch of you also listen on Spotify, so I never know which one's a preference. So I don't know, just listen to this wherever you want to listen to it. It's the same podcast. Either way, just depends which interface you like. Even though the podcast app has been broken on my computer for a disconcerting amount of time, considering I now do this professionally. <laughs> but I don't know, I'll figure it out uh, one day. I mean, the podcast still go out, it's just that the app itself is broken. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, you can give us a call at 7 7- 747churros. Send us a voice note to 747churros. Send us a text. Email us at 747churros at gmail.com or just start screaming churros and hopefully I will hear it. You can find Very Amusing merchandise at very-amusing.com and you can follow me, Carly Wiesel, at Carly Wiesel or join the FOMALY at facebook.com slash groups slash Carly Wiesel. This episode was edited scrupulously by Jeff Fox. There's a lot of there's a lot of use in there. I thought I would mess it up. Scrupulously. He does a great job. Thanks so much for listening. See you real soon. Hi, sweetie. It's mom. I just want to say thank you so much for such a wonderful week. My beautiful birthday party, my beautiful birthday portraits, and for an outstanding Thanksgiving meal. You did very well. Everything was perfect. Okay. So hearing from your two callers from Chicago that are going to Paris makes me want to go back to Paris so badly. So hopefully in the next few years, you and I can go back because it was wonderful. All right. I'm a little old, but, and I know this sounds silly, but what's a VPN? I, that's the only thing I didn't understand on the whole podcast. So listening to your commercial for HelloFresh, I always wanted to try it. You sound, by the way, you sound very adorable on it. And I can get 50% off by putting in 50 amusing and free shipping. I am on that. This is going to be my big Black Friday purchase. I am very excited about it. It was a great, great episode. I hope one day to go to Tokyo because it sounds really wonderful. And I'm glad for all the people that are going. Have a great time. I love you very much. I love you, Pearl, very much. And I'll see you next week, honey. Bye.